if you think you can make an improvement to your operation, don't be afraid of change and be willing to take the risk. All right, welcome to the Field Famous Podcast brought to you by Field Routes, a show that shines a light on the field service industry and the dedicated professionals that grind every day on their journey to success. I am your host, Christopher Fasano, and before we begin, I want to remind you that the best way to receive new episodes of this show is to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your favorite pod player lives. Uh, the show is also available in video format. If you prefer to watch rather than just listen through audio, you can find it on YouTube. So go there and subscribe. And last but not least, if you love this show and you're really enjoying the content, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So today, our guest is Brianna Nearland. She's the operations manager at Quick Kill Pest Control. I met her at Pest World uh, this year, or it would be last year. Um, so I'm happy to have her join the show. Brianna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Chris. I'm really excited to be here. All right. So as promised, when I met you, when I we, we had a brief little quick on the floor of Pest World interaction on a microphone back and forth, um, asked if you would be willing to come on the show. And we had a longer period of time to chat about you, your career, a quick kill, and just in general, how you got into the space. So as promised, here we are. Uh, thank you for coming back and doing this again. So why don't we start with um, just you know, introduce yourself to the audience and uh, you know who you are, where you are, your company, and then we'll get into sort of how you got into the industry, which I always find to be one of the most fascinating things in this, in this industry. Yeah. Um, so I'm Brianna Nearland with Quick Kill Pest Control out of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, we are a second generation family business. So my dad actually started the company back in 1979. Um, my brother and I are both very active in it today. Um, really proud to do what we do and really um, focus on providing great service for our clients and trying to make a bigger impact on not only our community, but also the industry um, while having fun and doing what we do. So I, what I like to ask people that are in the, like a generational business or especially in their family, um, did you know that this is something you were going to do? Like, you know, you said your dad was doing this, right? And so how long is your dad in the industry? He has been in the industry since just before 79. Um, okay. He worked with my uncle for like a year or two before getting into it and starting his own company. Okay. So you were growing up and seeing him in the industry, right? So like, and so did you yeah. say to yourself, I'm going to be involved with this one day, or was that a conversation between y'all like him <laughs> and your brother? Or like, that's what I love to understand or just, you just naturally come back around. So tell me about like the personal evolution of how you ended up there. So I have always had a passion for the sciences. I was the science geek growing up. You couldn't get me out of the lab. Um, Same. That's right. I took remember every this science about class you. Same. I could in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. So um, I actually went to college and started a career doing pharmaceutical microbiology. Um, I was yes. working in an FDA regulated lab, um, running experiments. And I did that for about five years and realized it just wasn't for me. While I loved the work that I was actually performing, the environment, the long days inside, all of that, just it just wasn't working anymore. Um, I'd become extremely burnt out. I was only 25, um, not even 24, and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, so at that time, I approached my 
parents and my brother, who were all, you know, integral parts of Quick Kill, and obviously dad started it. Um, and I think I so totally surprised them when I came to him. I was like, hey, I think I want to do this. <laughs> uh, it was not something we ever expected for me to get into. And there was some consideration, as expected, bringing more family into family business. Um, it's a big decision. And I made the jump over, and I guess I've never looked back. I am coming up on my eight-year anniversary next week in industry, nice. and I can't believe it's been that long, and I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So first thing I want to ask you is, I'm just curious, what was your major in college? Um, so I actually don't have a full bachelor's degree. What did you start I got in? Like, yeah, like your chat. Were you were you thinking like it was always biology, or was it? Were you interested in micro, or was it like? Yeah, I started in biotechnology, biotech. so I hold my associates in biotech, oh. um, and I was just not the spend four years of potential career opportunity in school person. So I started there, got. Um, my associates and I was actually in school for my bachelor's when I made my career shift. Um, and at that time I just said, Hey, it's not working. Let's try something new. And here I am. Well, so that's (laughs) like rather self-aware of you, right? At a younger age, I think a lot of people, a lot of younger people might not, you know, have do that and say, this isn't going to, this isn't really working for me. I want to try to do something else. So that, that's something there, there in itself. And by the way, also too, now, like as a parent of a kid and like college is just not always the answer in a lot of cases nowadays, right? Oh. The the expenses to which you, the debt you incur versus what you can go out and actually earn and do. Um, I think we're starting to see more of that, right? It's not just the, um, it's not just the only way to go um, where I feel like it used to be like, you got to go to college, you got to go to college. I feel like that's shifting a, a bit, right? Um, I don't know if you feel that same way, but I feel that way too. Like uh, I would totally agree. Yeah. I was, it was pushed, you know, you're in high school and it's pushed. You, you go to college, you do your four years, you um, start working. It, that's the path that they really encourage you to go to. Um, and that's why I went with that two-year degree first. I guess I wasn't interested in the whole dorm life and even those pieces of the mm-hmm. full university. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, it wasn't for me. I continued to work as a gymnastics coach, um, almost full time my entire time through college. And I, I wanted to be doing that. I wanted to be out in, in the world working, not just sitting in a classroom. <laughs> yep. That makes sense. And I mean, there's many arguments and many data points to suggest that that's where that really where you learn when you're out, when you're out in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I coming from someone that went to college and then graduate school, but my graduate school, because it was research-based as a PhD program, like I was doing, I was working, like I was in the lab working and you know that life. And like, right. you know, like you're, you're, you're constantly, one of the things I love and loved about that life is it's it's a grind don't get me wrong and it's a weird grind it plays like mm-hmm. mind games with you right because like you rarely progress in ways you can see you make these little tests and rarely things work and you're trying to figure it out but like there's a skill level that i think comes out of that right you're able to troubleshoot and you're able to assess problems and, and try to figure out ways to move forward so i think it has translated over you know that's now in marketing which is not you wouldn't say is directly related but i use that ability to troubleshoot and devise and test and things like that so it has greatly it has translated at least over for me um you mentioned about the family business and challenges 
is it is it the ones that I'm not I haven't experienced that I've worked in a family business and I've seen families in them operate right and I've seen the the things that come up is it what we would think of a family business that's the challenges just that they're your family and you have to be able to separate that because there's business component is it that or talk to me a little bit about some of those challenges um I'm really fortunate you know when people find out that I work with family and you know so tightly um, or closely with my my brother in particular. Um, but people are always like, oh man, how's that? I've tried working a family business. It was a nightmare. It totally ruined our relationship. And, and that's not the case for us. It actually has brought us a lot closer. Um, I'm very fortunate that I have a brother who is one of my best friends. He's a a teammate. We attack everything as a team when it comes to business. Um, I think the challenge is honestly for us, the biggest challenge is turning it off. You know, we can be at dinner with the entire family, including my fiance and his girlfriend. And magically the conversation just turns to work and you're like, oh no, I'm sorry, you guys. Um, But turning it off is really the biggest thing and not having it consume your entire family relationship and um, every conversation, not having it revolve around that. So we do our best, but that's definitely our biggest challenge. I can I can definitely see how because you could just so easily go from something you're talking about around the dinner table to work because it's just sort of like you both are involved in it, right? So they're, they're, it's hard to or or your family's involved with it. Um, I want to talk yeah, about it's, it's your livelihood, it's your passion, yeah, yeah. It's, it's everything yeah. that you do. I mean, I've, as I'm sure we're about to get into, it's it's our entire lives and, um, not in a poor work-life balance way. It's just, it's because we love what we do and we, we want to keep doing what we're doing and be the best that we can at it. So yeah, it's kind of all consuming. (laughs) I also imagine that it being part of your family in your namesake in your family, that also plays into the, that, that desire and that want to make it even something better, right? You know, not not to suggest that you wouldn't have that feeling if it was just like a company you started on your own, but the fact that it was with your dad and like it was in your, it's in your family. Like I imagine that mm-hmm. there's a there's an added benefit or drive, if you will, to keep that baby going and really take it somewhere. Is that right? It is. It's so much more than just the a job. It's it's a true career, and it it does have that extra little like fuel behind the fire for it, um, which is awesome. I mean, I love it. I won't have it any other way personally, but yeah, it does bring in that different aspect. So let's now get into a little bit of like the tactical, your, the day-to-day, because what I want to understand is, you know, you jumped into the industry, you you didn't have the direct ex- industry experience. Obviously, you were familiar with it being out in your family, right? But tell me a little bit about the learning curve of getting in and what, what you started doing. Are you doing the same thing you did when you started? And tell me about your evolution, you know, your evolution in your career in the industry. Uh, tell, talk to us a little bit about that. Oh man. All right. So I said, I've been into the, in the industry for almost eight years now. Um, so just a few days away from it, but I started as a service technician. I did not start in the office. I did not, um, you know, just get gifted my position by any means. I have had to work for every single step along the way. Um, so I was a service technician. I was out servicing homes and businesses out in the field, the down and dirty, the cockroach treatments, bed bugs. Mm-hmm. When when you think of what we do as an industry, I was you were doing I it. was doing that. Um, yep, I I quickly excelled. I I picked up on it very quickly because I did grow up around it. Um, 
I've been on jobs with my dad before and my brother even. And um, so I picked up quickly. I was able to excel through it quickly. Um, and as I guess as that progressed, I found my way into the office helping to route work for our other team members, um, answering the phone, doing the sales over the phones for our services, all of that. And then I went and saw the need to improve our office processes. Mm -hmm. And that was at early 2020. Um, I pushed all of our office operations to mobile and paperless. At that time, we were still doing just basic filling, hand filling everything out. Um, and what, can I just, I want to, I want to interrupt that because I want to ask you, what mm-hmm. was that? Is it, they presumably were doing that for a while. So was it scary? Were they excited? Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> Cause like I've been there in a business before where they were coming from <laughs> no sort of data infrastructure and we needed to shift that way. And there was a real, I think there was this recognition of why it would be important, but there was a real resistance to it. So w- what was that like? Um, yeah, I mean, change is scary. And especially when you're trying to change something that isn't broken and has been working for a number of years, but it was all about the efficiency. So, um, there was some internal resistance and there was the, Hey, you want to do it, go for it. Um, (laughs) pilot it. Let's see what happens. Um, and oh gosh, the rest is history. I feel like at this point I, I, Dove in, I made it happen, um, and totally changed our operations. And it was very quickly recognized by everybody in our organization how much more efficient it was and how much easier it made everything. Um, and I, I just started in the office at that time. I kind of moved more fully into the office. Occasionally, I still get to go out and do something fun out on the road, um, help out with a difficult treatment or whatever it might be, but. At that point, I transitioned into the office and I have been honing in on efficiencies and driving all of the processes forward um, pretty much ever since. Been doing that for, I guess it's only three years now, but it feels like it's been a lot longer. And there's been a lot of changes made in those three years for the better for our organization. So um, tell me a little bit about the business. You don't have to give me any numbers or any details like that, but just about its growth, you know, like how many shops, if you have different locations or if you're, you know, different offices, things like that, or trucks, however you want to do it. Just so I like to do this just so people out there can say, wow, I'm like, I'm like Brianna. I, I you know, put themselves in relation to where you are in there because people in the industry are listening. So tell us a little bit about Quick Hill and, and, and you know, employees, things like that. Yes. So we run one um, branch. We're all out of one office. Um, We do have a couple of like remote home offices, but for the most part, everybody's in and out of our one branch. Um, And we're located right in Madison and the direct surrounding areas. Um, We run a very small service area, but our team has grown from our first hire of um, one technician back in 2011. So in 12 years, we have now we have 15 full-time technicians um, and we're we're taking that good, steady growth approach. Um, We just want that organic growth, make it manageable, maintainable, and we just kind of keep chugging away. And every year we add a couple more people, which is awesome. Yep. That is awesome. And operations, um, you know, especially as you grow and scale, um, you know, we have an episode where we're talking about recruiting 
in particular, you know, there are a lot of components to growing in, in this business, obviously, as well. You have to have the the demand has to be there. You have to be able to capture that, right? You got to be able to sell it. You got to be able to run it. You got to be able to maintain yep. it, right? You know, there's all those different, and then you'd have to be able to staff enough where you can add or add things to the schedule. So in all of those facets of an operation, I'm wondering if you can highlight a couple that you, you had you, there were some challenges and some ways you've overcome that or some ways you've streamlined things. I think it would be nice and cool to hear and maybe people can relate or learn something from those experiences. Yeah, um, you're probably going to hear this over and over again, but it seems like the biggest challenge that we have had and industry probably has is hiring the talent into the positions. Um, that one just seems to keep coming up. And being in Wisconsin, Pest control is not a service that people think of. Um, they don't think about, hey, I'm going to go out and treat homes and prevent these things, um, these insects and rodents and um, all of that, because it's just not as prevalent. There isn't as much pest pressure up here as there are maybe in your southern states. Um, if you don't have a problem, it's really an, mm-hmm. kind of an optional service. So hiring and getting people to understand the bigger picture of our industry that we were protecting the public and, you know, health of the public, our environment, that's our biggest challenge and kind of resistance there. Um, So there's always hiring that's difficult. And I think also just kind of like I touched on before, just changing as operations go from our smaller, more simplistic operations with growth, we need to be incorporating in new softwares and technologies and um, changing how we do things a little bit to make it more streamlined, to ease the training. Um, I think that's always just challenging too, because you're, you're changing and continually evolving. And it seems like a process only lasts for a year Mm -hmm. and then you're like, Hey, let's make it better this way or whatever way it might go. So, um, it takes when you're a size that we are and continuing to grow and trying to set yourselves up for that future success and growth, it takes a lot of patience from your team members and a lot of, a lot of proper explanations of what we're doing, why we're doing it. And just that good transparency, um, which can also always be challenging Mm -hmm. because People don't like change. That's our human nature. We don't like it. No, we don't. But like you have to be and like I I can just tell from 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 you and the way you're you're talking just the way you you, that you you've gotten into this and, and gone through with those with those changes is you have to be willing to look at what you can do to be better. I mean, a mantra for life, obviously, but in business, um, even the best, most efficient businesses should always be looking for ways um, to make it better, right? And if you're not doing that, yeah, I feel like you're not, you're not, not only not doing it uh, a service to yourself and your business, but the people that you employ, right? You just want, you always want to try to build a better place um, for them. Um, something, something you mentioned that really stuck with me when I was, previous life marketing for pest control companies and other these uh, home service and field service companies, the problem that exists of making the customer, the residential, the homeowner, possibly commercial is a little different because they have like mandates of, to be with pests. But for, for a homeowner, getting them to think about pest control 
or other things. Maybe it's even lawn if that's your if that's your game proactively and not reactively. Like I'm gonna call you when there's a mouse in my basement because the mouse is in my basement. But I want you to call me before the mouse gets into your basement so we can prevent it from happening. And so one of the things that I that I really tried to work on was the the analogy I used and the way that I pitched it was trying to make people think about it like a physical. You know, like you you can be, you know, if you if you, with your own health, by the time you get to the point where the doctor tells you you have a problem, it may be worse because now you have the problem and the cost and the cost to both, you know, dollar amount and to your being might be higher and more severe. Whereas if you go regularly and you're physical and you get checked up, if you do find a problem, you can hopefully get in there, mediate, fix, and be more proactive. So I tried to use that approach and like in our in our marketing in their way, whatever. Do, have you seen at all uh, any sort of shift in the way um, homeowners are thinking like that? And do you do you try to take that approach? Is like, hey, it's good. It's going to happen. It's not, it's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. So we might as well get in there now. Absolutely. Um, you know, you have two different types of treatments. You have your corrective treatments where you're actively eliminating whatever concern it is that the client has. And you have your preventative treatments where you're staying on top of it and making sure that they just don't have them. Um, In our market, I think that the preventative treatments are really valued by our clients, um, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But you do always have that person that, you know, they call up and, oh, I've had mice for two years, but why couldn't you come out this afternoon? Um, You're like... It, it's 1 p.m. You want me to be out there before four? Or yeah. What? Yeah. Um, you know, before the turns dark? How? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you do always have that kind of expectation of the client. But then I think just that proper explanation, you kind of nailed down the head too with the physical um, analogy there. You want to prevent them from even doing it. How do we reduce these populations on the outside and prevent them from getting in? Um, And that goes right into our industry standard of the integrated pest management um, principles and proper inspection, reducing your conditions conducive to these pests and everything. And I think when you explain that properly to the client from a good, educated consulting standpoint and not just like, hey, I want to sell you on this Mm -hmm. because it's going to make it so much better. You educate the client that way. they understand and they they respect that and they right. they respect you as the professional in your professional opinion but yeah it's all about that education to get them to really to get it i guess yeah, yeah and and that also this is another place where i was going is that you know a lot a lot of uh shops or companies they want to get those proactive sort of recurring revenue uh, services mm-hmm. that you that's ongoing. You know, it helps. And obviously, there's a lot of ways that's good. The revenue is more clear. You can plan better. You understand. You know, you can mitigate some seasonality there. And so, so that really does help. And but if you can, and so where I'm going with that is like there's another challenge is you acquire the customer, then you have to keep the customer, right? And mm-hmm. so, especially in a seasonal, what could be deemed as a seasonal business, although um, there's some debate because even in, in the coldest of cold, there are still pests that come in your house, right? So um, you do see Absolutely. you do see a decrease possibly in obvious things, like uh, like stinging in things that are outside. But um, 
if you're an educator and you're genuinely caring and that comes across, I feel like it's easier to keep somebody on monthly and keep their services over the long haul. So along with the question, I guess, is like, you know, is that part of the strategy, like in retaining people long-term, do you put a value on that relationship? And is that one of the ways that you try to keep that customer over the lifetime? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you have to build those personal relationships with your clients. You have to know a little bit something about them, let them know a little bit of something about you. You, If you want to retain those clients and that's how you as you said, continue to build your recurring revenue and your company and your routes and all of that. Um, you got to get to know them. You have to respect them, continue educating them, be on top of things. And in turn, then they respect you as a professional and you don't just stay as a number, right? Um, if you're looking at your your finances and you're like, what service do I want to cut? And they have no personal relationship to you, right? then you're the first one to go. Um, and so it is really important. You got to build those genuine relationships. And that's something actually that my dad has been phenomenal at setting our business structure up to do that and also continuing to encourage it. And it's just part of who we are. It's part of our values. We are a family ran business and, um, we want our clients to feel like family as well. And as you grow, it gets harder, yep. but um, recruiting the quality talent and the people that that have the heart and want to, you know, have those good social skills with their clients, you can teach the rest. Mm. But it's all about making that interaction. Mm. I wanted to ask this. I forgot before you. You just reminded me when you said that recruiting the right people in a business where, like, your dad has established this sort of feel. Do have you? Have you saw or found that um, because you are a, a family business and there's a fam familial element to it, does that detract away from the, a position? The, did you ever hear that? Like, oh, I, I can't, I can't get involved with family businesses or not. Like, is that not a thing? It's just you, your goal is to. That's not what you are. You are quick kill pest control and a good business, and you should work here because it's great, right? There's, the, the, that's yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, we've. I don't think we've ever had somebody um, shy away because we are a family business. If anything, we've had people who are even more attracted to working with us because we're family business. Um, my my brother Ryan and I are both very similar personalities, so I'm sure you guys can hear and see the passion in my voice for what we do, and that is right there with him too. So. We project that as we are doing our phone interviews and our in-person interviews. And I think that people catch up on that really quickly and, and that makes them want to be a part of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, you, the clearly the passion, you know, and your excitement about the industry comes across. I remember that when I met you at Passworld. Um, and so where I want to go with that is like you're involved in things outside of your direct company, like through associations and things like this, right? So can you tell me a little bit about those or them and why you think it's important to get involved? Because, you know, people that are listening to this that are in the industry, maybe they're not involved in some of these things and, you know, might be a good way for them to think to themselves, well, maybe I should, you know, so talk to, talk to me a little bit about that and why you think it's important. <laughs> oh man, that's a loaded question with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of different industry engagements and they seem to be growing by the day. Um, <laughs> 
So I guess I'll start with with my my true baby. So they must have value then. I think I hope right. So that's good. They oh they do. Um, My team laughs at me because they tell me I have no work life balance because my hobby is also my work. Um, My my hobby is is the industry. I I love what we do. Um, My my true baby that I've been able to really take hold of is I started and chair our Wisconsin Professional Women in Pest Management Mm -hmm. chapter. Um, PWIPM is so fantastic. And just I've got to give a shout out to them on everything that they do for women in the industry specifically. Um, I used to feel like I was alone when I was a technician out on the road. I never, ever, ever saw another female technician. And then I started getting involved in PWIPM and I no longer felt like a lone wolf out there. I realized that there's this amazing community of phenomenal women um, in our industry and there was so much to learn from them. And that was kind of the start of my industry involvement. Um, I love it. I think it's so cool. It's so cool to continue to bring more women into the industry, watch them grow, help them succeed. Um, so, so a lot so, of value so if you Just so are, people, people know, the PWIPM yeah. is a affiliate group of the MPMA, the National Pest Management mm-hmm. Association. Is that Did I get that right? Is that the structure? You got okay. It, yep. All right. Great. And there are local. There are chapters, and then so you yes. you meet with your local, and then you, I guess do you have a broader, a more like do all the chapters come together? How does that work? Yeah. So each state um, can have their own chapter. So that is really cool. And then what's even better about it though is that you're not limited. It's not if somebody from California wants to be a part of the Wisconsin chapter. Heck yeah, you probably can't make the in-person events, but hop on any virtual yeah. events that we have. Um, and we all support each other. I try to get involved with every single chapter just as an attendee to their events. We um, host events together as well as much as possible because um, it's all about just creating that support system of women in industry and knowing, hey, we're here, we're, we're ready to you know, do it all, be involved. And, um, there's a lot more of us than you would think. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's really PWIPM is fantastic for any women hit up your local chapter, find the Facebook groups, get involved in every chapter that you can. Um, Wisconsin didn't have a chapter when I started and that's why I started our chapter because I saw what every other group was doing. And I'm like, Yes, let, let's do this around home. So yeah, that that's awesome. I we had, you know field routes. We have a presence among the them uh, the 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 um, the association of the PWIPM. And I went to the at Pestworld. I went there for the breakfast and saw this full room. So it was, boy, there wasn't even room to sit. And I just heard about the growth of it and how it's really really starting to to grow and take hold. And that's really really amazing. You know, um, and and. I love to see that. And I love to see the growth of it too. Um, like you said, um, I think people, people, again, I'm uh, the, the, the neuroscientist in me always, always says people always want to hear from people that are in the same situation as them, right? Like, so if you're in the industry and I'm in the industry, I want to hear from you. You're, you're a woman in the industry. I'm a woman in the industry. Wow. I really want to hear from you. So any, any way, any time we can 
bring together people of different backgrounds and different things that are doing similar similar things. I think it gives it gives people a resource that you're not just going to be able to Google and find, right? So it's really really fantastic. I'm glad to hear that it's continuing to grow. How can people re- get more information about it if if they're listening and they want to learn more? Is it pwipm.org? I'm trying to remember what it was. I can't remember that off the very top of my head. I think head, that's what but, it is, but um, it, they can yeah, Google it. Yeah, and it, it is least. linked. If you, yep, and if you search on NPMA's website, you'll get directed to the PWIPM um, page. We have a Facebook group, um, just Professional Women in Pest Management, that will be a general group. And then from there, you can also start to find all the different local chapters. Um, Wisconsin's chapter Facebook group is just if you search Wisconsin professional women in pest management will pop up up. same with on LinkedIn as well. So, um, yep, exactly. So I would highly suggest reaching out, getting involved on that. And even if that just means, Hey, I'm going to sit back and watch the posts and hop into a webinar when I can do it. It just get started with, um, building that connection and that network too. So the la- last thing I want to see time flies when you're doing these interviews. See, so we're already checking my <laughs> timer. Like, and I'm sometimes surprised when I look to my, for people that are looking at me on the camera. I'm looking to my left. There's a, like a anxiety provoking timer that's just ticking, 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 ticking. Like you got it. Like you got time. Um, what I want to ask you um, as we close is, in someone that's been in these operation in the operational setting, and has really been sort of instrumental in getting in there, making change or pushing for change, and really trying to streamline operations and become more efficient. For someone that might be listening, maybe they're just starting, or maybe they're not. Maybe they're maybe they're years in, but they're looking for something. Are there other? There's some things that you can point to and say, okay, here's a couple things that you should look to. Here's a, or maybe put in the context of yourself, like here's a couple things this year we're really going to focus on, or over the past three years we put a real big focus on in terms of operations. Um, just talk a little bit about that. Some things that you're looking at, or you would recommend people really just try to stay focused on. Um, training. Honestly, if I had to pick one thing that should never fall through the cracks or um, be taken for granted, it's training. Take advantage of all of the trainings you can. Um, Attend your local conferences. I know not every company is in the um, position to be able to send their team members to Pest World or the national conferences, but attend those conferences, reach out to your vendors too. They're able to come in and do presentations for your company. They love to do that. Um, but training's always top of mind for myself, Quick Kill. Um, and it should be, a, in my belief, it should be for every company because those are the people that are out representing you, whether it's a CSR on the phone, they're representing your company. Um, if it's a technician on the road, they're the face to your customers. They're representing you. So take the time, take the funds and invest into the training of your team members and the continued growth and development um, to retain them and to really stay on top of it. And whether that means if you're a hands-on training company, if you're more of a, hey, here's some really good resources, read up on them, whatever it approach it that works for you, but just don't don't let the training fall off to the wayside. Um, 
on the operations standpoint of it. It's really, really important regardless of the role. And the more you can do that, um, you know, like we talked about, like recruiting is one of the biggest challenges. The more you can train Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I'm using the word entertain, but train and keep a place where people feel like they want to be, the less maybe you're going to have to do that recruiting because you're going to keep people and they're going to stay with you and you're going to keep them going in their career. So that's, it plays into a lot of different things. Like you said, that, that piece. So I appreciate that. Um, Well, our time is up on the Field Famous podcast. Thank you again for talking to me. Brianna talk, was one of the first to talk to me at Pest World. No one was really willing to get on a microphone and come in the middle of the trade show to sit. She did. She spoke with me and she came back to do it again for a real live episode. So I want to thank you uh, for joining us today on the Field Famous podcast. Um, for everybody listening to this, if you want more information, go to BeFieldFamous.com. Tell your friends. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And remember, your success is fame worthy. So let us tell your story, Brianna from Quick Kill Pest Control. Thank you so much for coming on today.